Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated, underseen, or sometimes we just want to talk about them. I'm the host for this week, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined, as ever, by my brilliant co-host, Alice Oliver. It was Alice's turn to pick the film this week, and it is a biggie. It is Waterworld from 1995. So, let's get cracking, shall we? This is the opportunity to say let's dive in there, didn't I? Same as Free Willy. You're losing open, your touch, Josh. <laughs> open goals keep presenting themselves to me, Alice, and I just keep missing. Um, so, Waterworld from 1995. Um, if you haven't seen it, then spoiler warning for it. Now, I think we know this is going to be a big one. This is <laughs> much like American Psycho. I think this is this is going to be a big one. So, Alice, mm. you've picked this one. Mm-hmm. Dying to know why. Okay. Well, first. Tell the guys at home what Waterworld's about and why did you pick it? So I had, I actually kind of found it a bit difficult to write this summary, but I'll, I'll <laughs> give it a go. You know, to try and like really condense it because it, it's just... Sometimes it it's hard to write one. down because I wanted to, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is because uh, uh, it's good, isn't it? Like that's what well, you want to say. More the more the synopsis, really. More ah, the summary right. of the film itself, because it was like it's like how you know how long do you make this thing? Anyway, so I've tried. Here's what I <laughs> well, here's what I've got. Right. So it's a post apocalyptic action film based in a world where climate change has maxed out and melted the ice caps, starring Kevin Costner as the protagonist, who is a human with gills and webbed feet, and Dennis Hopper as the main villain. So people are living in floating villages known as atolls and things are pretty terrible there's not enough food or fresh water and everyone looks dirty exhausted and malnourished a gang of pirates known as smokers led by dennis hopper believe that a tattoo on the back of a young girl called enola is a map to dry land so they come after her but kevin costner helps her and her guardian helen escape and then they're sort of on the run for a bit until they finally kidnap the girl kevin rescues her and they eventually find their way to dry land which is where the young girl originally came from um so that's kind of it. Uh, that that was the best. In a, I could in do. a nutshell. In a nutshell. A big nutshell. Um, but why did I pick it? So I remember watching this film when I was a kid, and mm. I really liked it. Okay. And it wasn't until I was quite a bit older that I realised that other people thought it was really bad. Like I didn't realise that people thought it was bad until much later, and I was like, mm. oh, that's a shame. Um, that I was like, but I bet they're wrong. I bet everyone's wrong and I'm right and this film is actually great. And then obviously we had Pav on recently and he was talking about his love of Kevin Costa and he mentioned Waterworld and I was mentioned that it was on my list. So it was on my mind anyway and I was like, now is the time. I think that this film might be underrated, but also I've just really got to go back and watch it again because I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I have so to I know don't... one of those films. I have to know. I have to know. I have to know. Is it as bad as people think it is sort of thing? Um, so that's the main reason why I chose it. So I thought it might be underrated. And okay, I just kind of wanted to watch it again also. Yeah. So mainly underrated. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Had you seen this one? No. So I'd never oh, seen this before. All I knew mm. about this film is that it was quite a famous flop, both mm. critically and commercially. Um, I think it was a, one of the most expensive films ever made when it came out. I mm-hmm. don't think it made its budget back. I think it made money, but I think it made money. It, it didn't make enough to make its budget back. So whereas it may have made a few hundred million dollars, that wasn't enough to break even. So mm. I don't know if you could call it underseen. And all I know about it is that it is considered one of like, history his cinema history's big flops mm-hmm. and that's all belly flop should we say because of water and i hadn't <laughs> seen it before i'd seen bits of it you know just referenced in stuff and scenes here and there and and, and, and i knew i knew the premise but no I'd, mm-hmm. I'd never seen it before so i was i went into this like sort of really interested to to see what the crack was and, okay and, and, yeah and, 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 see. and uh, what did you what did you think Long no, pause. It, it is. Um, look, there's things I liked and things I didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, like so, so I didn't hate it. I wouldn't be in a rush to watch it again. It's one mm-hmm. of those films. But that doesn't mean it's not underrated. But like, let's get stuck in then to talking about it then. So obviously you picked it. Mm. So that's my pricey. That's my overall, which is there was stuff I liked, stuff I didn't. Mm. And it's it's quite a balanced in my head, this one. It's quite okay. a like, yeah, I like that, didn't like that. Mm. Could see why this was an issue. Could see why that wasn't. Whatever. Because for me, and I'll, you know, I'll ask you now what you think about. But for me, I'm looking at this like there's definitely in there's like a hit in there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like if you dig around, there's the elements, and it's you definitely really, one of those. Really, really try, yeah, really um, concentrate. You know, ne- nearly th- <laughs> nearly thirty years on now, and mm. lots of people, even when I was watching it, have written articles like, "Why didn't it work?" Mm-hmm. Like all the pieces were there, mm. so why didn't it work? So. What what did you think watching it again then? Did it live up to the expectation or were you like, uh So I I went into this really wanting to love it. I was like, I'm gonna I know I'm gonna find things in here to love. I think other people are just being too mean mm. or they had expectations and they weren't met, and then that's why they think it's bad. But I'm ready to love this. And I yeah. went in thinking that firmly with my rose-tinted goggles on and all that. And it 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 didn't it didn't live up to that and oh, it, it just wasn't no. there like there are there are problems with it like i was just i basically i write i write my notes by hand right scribble down yeah, in a little yeah. scrapbook when i'm watching and it i was about 8 or 9 points in until i got to something good yeah like it was all this is not good. So this do you write work. the thoughts this down? As, do they? Do you write the thoughts down as you as they come to you when you do your notes? Yeah, I try to, and it, yeah. but it's usually like chronological in the film, like you know, as yeah. the things happen. I think, oh yeah, that's good, that's good. Or like if something, if there's like a repeated thing, like if there's a repeated piece of music or repeated shots or, or repeated yeah, dialogue yeah. or so, it's like, oh, they've used that again. That's interesting. That sort of thing. Um, but yeah, for this, my notes were they were overwhelmingly uh, negative. Oh but, right. But there was stuff that I could find in there that I liked, and I don't, I don't want this to just be. I'm, I don't want to just bash this all the way through. Yeah, right? well, that's it, not what we're it, about, is it? Well, and other people have already done that. Everyone's yeah. already said that they don't think the film. Thirty good. years ago, so fine. <laughs> so obviously, we're going to give you some like you know proper honest analysis. Um, but you know, I'm going to try and find the good stuff in there as well. So 
Let's I hear love, it then. Let's hear I it. I love the concept, Josh. I think it's yeah. a brilliant concept, right? And the challenges that this world brings to the people who live there. You know, everyone has to live on water and it fucking sucks. So you've got a real broad opportunity for creativity here to see how people have adapted and learned to overcome certain aspects of life because people have been living this way for a few hundred years now, it seems, but they've somehow made it work. Um, I think it's really ambitious. Like the whole mm. thing looks and feels so ambitious. All that filming on water must have brought so many challenges. And I know that the production encountered a lot of issues because of that sort of environment. So it must have been such hard work for everyone involved. So I've got a lot of time for that. And I did mm. read that Kevin Costner like hurt himself a few times and he sort of got into a couple of scrapes because of it. And if you look at him as well, he's barefoot for like the whole thing. Oh, like yeah. running around that set with no bloody shoes on. I guess most people are, aren't they? They're not wearing shoes. And it's definitely like, it's sort of well documented how challenging this was to make. Because yeah. I believe it was Steven Spielberg who, whether, I don't know, I think he's involved but apparently he went, said to the team, do not film this on open water. Yeah, because of Jaws, because yeah, he had the experience. Yeah, he said, yeah. I did Jaws, go and get a tank, which is mm -hmm. what like things like Titanic did. They build a massive tank mm. and then they make it on a big tank. Whereas this, they went, no, it was like real water, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but then if you it. you know, and I can you know, I can completely get that perhaps you're you know, the, it's the cinematic equivalent of your eyes being bigger than your belly, thinking, mm -hmm. well, that might have happened, but that was twenty years ago at this point. So no, mm. we'll be able to do it. But obviously, real water brings real challenges like tides and currents and wildlife and all that. Oh, whereas a tank's course, a tank. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You've got so much more control over that. And I did read that. They did do some of it in a tank, but yeah, some of it, like yeah. say, they did it in the sea, which just seems crazy. But you know, love you for trying, love you for giving it a go. Not easy, not easy, especially when you've got Steven Spielberg telling you not to do it. Yeah. Like, Why would you listen to him at this yeah, point? Yeah, what does in he time? know? He's, He's only just father. made Jurassic Park. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let him on set. Um, some of it, I think, did look spectacular. So I particularly mm -hmm. enjoyed some of the shots where you get like the silhouettes of a boat or other water vehicles that are traveling kind of along the skyline. And you've got like these massive depictions of the moon and the sun on the horizon behind it. That all looked really dramatic, really cinematic and lovely. Um, so the smokers, who are the pirate guys, they travel a lot on jet skis. And there's a few great scenes where they're traveling across the ocean sort of from the horizon line. And it just looks so dramatic and you get some real you know, great action film shots when they're doing that sort of thing. Um, there was also a couple of shots with Kevin Costner where he was stood at the top of his, on he stood at the top of his mast on his his thing, which is a tr a trimaran. I had to look this up. A trimaran mm. is his boat. Is that what you call it? So I'm like guessing that. it's some sort of three pointed thing based on the name. But yeah, or is it a real yeah. thing or is it made? Trimaran. Up? Yeah, no, I think it's real. I think it's oh, real. Right, it's okay. His so his vessel. Um. So yeah, he gets you get these like wild, mad, sweeping, wide shots of him on the top of the on the top of the mast, just kind of looking out to sea and stuff. And this was all really great to look at, really cinematic, and had a real impact. Um. There's quite a nice moment as well. It's sort of a moment of calm in amongst the chaos of this film because it is quite chaotic. It's quite mm. sort of fast and loud. There's a lot of kind of big drawn out action scenes and that. But there is a moment where Kevin Costner's character is teaching Enola, who's the young girl, is teaching her to swim. So somehow she doesn't know how to swim, despite the fact that we live in a water world. <laughs> and be she's like been living in a water Not knowing life, how right? to walk. Yeah, like, okay, so we'll, we'll forget about that for now. But there's this moment where he's trying to teach her to swim. So he's 
his character is very much like a bit of this kind of reluctant hero sort of thing because he doesn't really want to be helping Enola and Helen. He's just kind of doing it. He ended up doing it because it served him at the time because they rescued him from a situation. Mm. But then he's his whole attitude is kind of like he's been lumbered with them because there's not really anywhere else to go. So, you know, they're all kind of stuck on this boat together and he's Water quite mean it, to them everywhere. at times. Water in it, it's everywhere, everywhere, all in over it. the place. Takes a um, piss. It's, yeah. so, so then, but then there's this segment where he starts teaching her to swim and it's just like this really nice calming moment in amongst the action and the chaos and there's some beautiful shots of them in the water and everything just really slows down for a bit and you get some nice character development from him but it's also just really pleasant to look at and I think the whole thing has been shot really nicely it's just really quite simple I think mm. and a real it just really stands out from the rest of the film and for me that was a real highlight and I think that's what I mean when I say the summer in there but there's just some weird decisions, particularly, which we'll come on to, but there's some weird decisions and inconsistencies. It's like, but there was definitely something there. So why have you done that? You know, when when, when you could have done that. Um, so no, I, I agree. I'm completely on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. Those And so those were the main things for me. So what about you? What were the positives that you were a, a able to take of, away from this? A lot of what you've said there, yeah. particularly around how it looks and the production design. So yeah, first off, it's a good premise. And it feels relevant as well, even more relevant mm -hmm. today than it did in yeah, 1995. Sure. Um, some good world building or some good attempts at world, 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 world building in there. So the way they barter with stuff, the way they barter with, you know, um, dirt and stuff like that. The way there's a darker side of the way the world is like, for example, they try and sort of almost breed Kevin Costa with someone at one point mm -hmm. because obviously mm. because of the connotations and the needs of, of survival and stuff like that, that that's where humanity has got to that it's not mm. really about romance anymore it's survival so I enjoyed something like that there's a made-up language in it well I think it's a made-up language in it called Portugal Greek Portugal Greek yeah. yeah which I quite like there's definitely some ideas in there now you know it is very derivative of another franchise which we'll come on to but there's definitely some attempts in there to make it good um I enjoyed that. Enjoyed a lot of the production design. Speaking of the language, love the fact that it's it's, it's five hundred years in the future. The mm -hmm. whole planet is water, yet still accents. There's still a guy uh, with a Northern Irish accent. Yeah, Dennis Irish, Hopper's American, like Texan, there's English, English. Yeah, yeah. Love Spanish, that. Spanish, I think, as well. They're, yeah, they're probably, yeah. There may well still be accents. You know, you get people who aren't from that place, but they. So my my niece lives with near my parents in Lancashire, but her dad mm. is from Leeds and has a very mm. strong Leeds accent. So every now and then she sounds really Leeds, despite mm. the fact that she's, you know, not from there or whatever. So I liked that. So I suppose that, you know, that counteracts the idea that, yeah, perhaps accents would stand the test of time. <laughs> but I still liked it. it was funny that one guy has a really strong, it's like a really strong Belfast accent. Yeah. At yeah, one point yeah, or yeah. something. So I enjoyed that. I thought it was funny because there must have been the discussion of like, they wouldn't sound like that. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Just, yeah, just let them let them do um, their own accent. So I loved how, I loved how it looked. The production design, like the like you said, the way the boats look and some of the shots of the open water, the smokers sort of big boat and layer. I quite like mm. that. Again, there's a little bit of sort of on the nose political stuff with that in terms of the fact that it's the Exxon. Is it the Exxon Valdez they're on or something like that? It's one of the big uh, yeah, ships from so. the oil spill in the nineties mm. or eighties. Some good practical effects, some good stunts. Um, I like things like some thoughts gone into the way. The mariner moves around his boat. Mm. You know, he moves around the boat like a man who would know how to move around the boat. He's, he's mm -hmm. sliding off stuff. He's jumping off stuff. He's, he, you know, it's almost like a dance to him. He knows what he's doing, like stuff like that. So, I already said there's some great stunts. And just finally as well, some good supporting performances. You know, 
We've said this before, I'll say it again. I love a scenery chewing bad guy. Mm. And Dennis Hopper, I mean, Dennis Hopper made this and speed in the same year. Yeah. He must have been in a pretty <laughs> weird headspace. Yeah. Because he is, he's, he, is, he is going for it in this. Mm. Um, and it, it, it doesn't, I wouldn't say it particularly elevates the film, but it, by golly, it's fun to watch. Mm. when he's on screen also a little shout out as well michael jeter who plays the scientist with the hot air balloon can't remember his name mm. but he is one of the great sporting actors of the 90s and early northern cinema sadly no longer with us i think he was thinking he passed away quite young from i think aids or aids related mm. illness um but he's great in this he was in mouse hunt um he's in the green mile he's in a few other things but he's brilliant in this and he is he's one of those actors who has a real likability Mm. And I very much like to see. I actually wish I'd had more of that character because I think there's more you could have done with the sort of inventor trying to figure out how to save everyone. Because there seems to be only him. There's no, you know, no one else seems to be. Everyone else seems to go, well, we're knackered, aren't we? Let's just sort of live on all this water. Whereas he's yeah. like, he's trying to figure out how to get them off the water. Yeah, he's like the the sort of one reminder of like society or culture or whatever, where everyone else is just, it's quite, it's rough, isn't it? It's, it's, it's mad it's mad max in it it's mad yeah. max on the water everyone's just kind of it's just about survival and Whereas there's the franchise like a, huh and oh, there's right, the yeah, franchise it, yeah. i said i'll talk about it later <laughs> it's just unavoidable it's mad max on water well i think the they wanted that was intentional i believe yeah. like they said when they were making it it's like oh we kind of want it to be like mad max and it's like oh well, it kind of is <laughs> i definitely felt the, and, that <laughs> and so we'll come on to dislikes now then well, we'll come on to this in a minute, but there are plenty of films that are, it's this but this. Mm. Famously, the pitch for Alien was Jaws in space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So, and that's fine, because you if you watch Alien and Jaws side by side, yeah, really, really similar, or similar mm. sort, of, sort of executions and ideas. But it's not so obvious. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. 
at Plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Whereas in this, I think one of the main criticisms at the time was it was so derivative. It was such a ripoff. Mm. Because mm-hmm. even some of the production design and stuff, and yeah. the way it looks, oh, it, yeah, yeah. Is, is very similar. Okay, then, so we've already touched on it a little bit there, but let's move on to the dislikes because I think it's going to be a rare occasion where there might be more dislikes than likes, unfortunately, for Waterworld. But we like to be balanced. We've said what we've liked. Now let's say the other side of that coin. So, Alice, you've already said you've got quite a few points there. So I'd be interested to hear them, especially because it's not often... It's it's happened a handful of times where one of us has picked a film and gone, I've rewatched it and it's not... Uh, Hasn't so, lived up to, yeah, yeah, my memory. So, let's hear it then. So, what didn't you like about the film? So, qu- quite, a, quite a lot, unfortunately, but I'm, I'm going to try and condense this um, and, and, you know, li- limit my time talking about the things I didn't like okay. about it. So, in terms of genre and target audience, I feel like it is a little bit muddled. So at times it feels a bit like a family action adventure, especially because of how prominent Enola's character is. But then sometimes something incredibly gruesome or dark would happen, like when the smokers are using dead bodies as puppets to lure our heroes into a trap. Loved that moment, by the way. Thought that was excellent. Really Mm. creepy, really sadistic. Mm. But it it didn't match up with a lot of what I'd seen up to that point. Some elements of it feel a bit like they're more of a fantasy film. So like Enola's very existence seems to be a little bit magical at first because she's like having these visions, although they do ultimately turn out to be memories of animals and trees and stuff. And then you've got Kevin Costner's mutation or evolution into a person with gills and webbed feet. And then the aesthetic of it is pretty grim and bleak. Like everyone's just wearing these like dark brown rags. rags. In it, yeah. There's no vibrancy to the world at all. There's no diverse color palette. And there's like this big shark monster thing as well. So it kind of, it feels like the overall vision lacked direction and certainty. And it feels like it kind of hops between fantasy, sci-fi, action, dystopia, and a family film without really committing to any of them. That's one of my main points as well. It just says, who who is this for? Mm. Because I think it's a 12. Right. I think it's a a 12. Yeah. And like you said, there's elements in there where if you tweaked it, there's no reason this couldn't be a family fantasy PG film. Mm -hmm. And instead they go the other way and that, and they go too dark. Mm -hmm. So like you said, you've got the monster, they've got the puppets bit. Some of the stuff the smokers do is really quite dark, but then you've also got things like that Helen seems to be bartering with sex. Mm -hmm. Like her thing is like, you could, you know, you could essentially rape me. Yeah. And then there's other bits where he, it's trading with another drifter where he is giving them the women as mm-hmm. it's give it does he gives them an hour with her or something like that and something it's like, like what, that, do whatever yeah. you want so that's dark man do you know mm-hmm. what i mean and again if that is triggering for everyone anyone at home then i apologize but it is dark uh, and mm-hmm. and she does and again she bars with the body but no only that because you could do that you could do that in a pg sense and not be as blunt about it yeah, or and, you know, go I'll do anything fully, you want, or go yeah. fully or go into fully the darkness the of it, yeah. and then we've got a, a, a like an eighteen yeah. on our hands, and we're really dealing with how dark the whole with thing desperation is. Desperation and yeah. survival, which and, yeah, th- that could have been great, but it what it nothing else matched that. 
No. Like it, it felt like it was like the music didn't match that sort of thing. It the feels action like sequences it's the fantasy didn't match bit, that. right? It feels like what yeah. they want is fantasy adventure, a big mm. fantasy. And instead, they put those moments in because not only does she barter with him using a body, she then literally strips off front mm. of him, and it's yeah. like someone at the studio has gone, "Well, we need some nudity." Yeah, and it's a PG thirteen. So, I just looked it yeah. up quickly then, so that's, so that's interesting. A, that they twelve had a... equivalent, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So. And obviously it's not, you know, it's not full frontal or anything like that, but it's still clear what she's doing. You still see, you mm. know, you still see her backside and stuff like that. So, and that's, a, that felt odd to me. Mm-hmm. Like until that point, I was like, oh, it's a bit of an adventure sort of thing. And then, then it took that turn. I was like, oh, what's like, what's this all about? So that was one of my notes as well. So, so who is it for? So that's your mm-hmm. first point. What else? What else? So you've touched on some of the world building there and some of it really was there, but in other parts it was really lacking and I feel like there was a real missed opportunity in some places to show how these people have survived for so long and give us some explanations into how they have and how certain things have happened and why they act a certain way or speak a certain way or whatever. So things like, so the smokers seem to have an unlimited supply of cigarettes and alcohol, right? (laughs) But from what we understand of the story, we've been living this way on this water world, which they do say in the film, which was also bit cringe um they've been living this way for a few hundred years right so where are they getting this stuff from because it's all jack daniels bottles and it's all cigarettes that look exactly like cigarettes do now right so i feel like i kind of wanted something something to show them maybe growing their own tobacco plants Mm. or like making synthetic tobacco or something Mm. because they're they're doing all sorts on that big vessel that they have like all the kind of um Mm. all the his subjects, I guess, Dennis Hopper's subjects. So, you know, they're doing things, they're kind of building things, they're working with fire and metal and stuff. So I, I kind of just wanted to see some of that. It's like, where have all these cigarettes come How from? How are people I don't, surviving? Yeah, like I don't the, believe yeah. that you've still got cigarettes left over, given that you're all chain smokers and you've been living this way. Like we've, as a society, have been living this way for 500 years or so. That's just the most prominent example, but there was a lot of that throughout the film where it was kind of like, I don't know why you're doing this or I need to see mm. how you've got there to make the whole story and to make the characters and to make this world a little bit more developed a little bit more believable Mm. and to really offer some substance to it because i feel like the substance was really missing a a lot of the times and it left it all feeling a bit hollow Mm. which was a real shame i thought it's it's a bit again it's a bit all premise no execution isn't it yeah yeah, so it's a world where it's all on water right okay now does everything else happen that's that's fine it's Mm -hmm. and it's like like you say okay okay so they've got cigarettes and alcohol right so perhaps they found that ship. Perhaps that ship mm. was just adrift. They found it, and there's a stash of all that stuff on there. But I feel like if you're going to have a world that is so stylized and so weird that if you then show them drinking modern, for us, alcohol and cigarettes, then you're going to go, hang on, how's he got that? Yeah, it feels a bit... It, it just jars you a little bit. It, it throws you out of it a bit. Like, Because have them smoking, but have them smoking... I don't know, like some sort of leaf that's got some stuff in it or maybe they've made like yeah. a pipe or something. Like have have their own stuff. Like yeah. I wanted them to have their own stuff. It's like, oh, this is what cigarettes look like now. Or this is what alcohol looks like now or tastes like now, yeah. that sort of thing. And I think it's one of those as well where the premise is so severe. Mm. Everything's water. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's like time travel. It's just open to plot holes. Mm-hmm. it's just yeah. open to yeah but what about that yeah but what about that yeah but what about that yeah you know one of the things i noted was they seem to be trading jars of dirt mm-hmm. what fucking use is that well my assumption was to grow things 
So oh, to grow yeah. my, like seeds or bulbs or something. So, so but they never I'm talk being about quite, it. No. They never talk about so it. So I, I thought I was being quite basic and it was like, what, like you could make your own little country if you got enough fucking dirt <laughs> make or whatever. An island, yeah. Um, <laughs> But, and also, I suppose there's another thing as well as, you know, they find the, they find what is, the, it's the tip of Mount Everest at the end, isn't it? That's where everyone's living. Mm. Well, the, the, that's where the people, they're where they settle. How would someone not have found that? It's not little, is it? It's like... Well, the, the globe is pretty big, Josh. It's, ah, you know, it's a long way suppose, to travel. Yeah, I suppose back <laughs> to my point, it's, it's, it is... It's such a severe premise that it's, mm. it's similar to time travel. It's just open to be go, to be like, what? Like, mm-hmm. what about X, Y, and Z? So anything else from you then? So uh, some of the script I didn't think was terrific. Some of it um, didn't feel very natural or convincing and was a little bit cheesy at times. And I think I would have liked it to have been a bit more naturalistic. And I think that would have worked better. So like we said already, Dennis Hopper is doing so much like he's acting so hard really trying to do his best but his character is so two-dimensional that there really is only so much he can do with it um and then just finally just a few little things that i noted so i thought some of the action sequences were too long and repetitive uh i noticed that most characters had really great teeth and this was never explained (laughs) uh the atolls look flimsy as hell so i just found myself asking well what happens during a major storm um the music was a bit too much for me at times um, where are they getting all the petrol for the jet skis? And when they meet that drifter, so our fella from Belfast, like yeah. you say, um, so obviously because he's not very nice, they end up killing him and they just toss his body overboard. And I was like, you'd either eat him or use him for fishing purposes. Mm. So I don't. it's like that just felt like another inconsistency. It's like you've shown us up until this point how desperate you are that you're starving. Here you've got a fresh dead body and you're not going to do anything with it. I just mm. seem, I don't know. Like man, you say, I even, use it, it. even use it for stuff. Fish, you could fish with it, right? Yeah. You need fish or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- those were th- there's a you know there's a bit more, but I don't want to be doing this. Um, what about you? Was there anything else on your list? Yeah, a lot of what you've said. That I mean, it mm. is so for a film that has for a film that is nearly two and a half hours mm. that has so much so many unanswered questions. It feels so bloated. Mm. The whole bit with the drifter and the trading of the women add, added nothing. Mm-hmm. It added nothing to the story, so why was it there? That's that that stank to me of of some sort of like, well, we need this, we need to show this, we need to show, you know, maybe like mu- multiple writers or studio interference or something mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. where for some some reason that scene got in there and it added absolutely nothing. So that was my main issue. So talks about yeah, it's bloated. Again, mm-hmm. okay, we joke that I don't like films that are more than two hours. If if there's a story told well. I don't care how long it is, but this. Well, you was, don't was, notice, do you? Yeah. yeah. This film was so overlong and so bloated. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, again, the audience thing we touched on. Yeah, just to touch on that, the script inconsistencies were the main issue for me. So there's some all right ideas of world building, but then that mm. leads to questions which go unanswered, which just distracts from the actual overall story of which is a very basic plot, which they somehow stretch out too much. So for me. The main issue with the script then came into the character development and some of the uneven exposition. So. The Mariner's a dick. Mm. He's not a heroic character. So he throws Enola overboard. He's a bit of a brute. He mm. slashes Helen's hair off. Yeah. In a scene in a scene that maybe go, oh God. Like It's quite aggressive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've you know, I've seen films with with leading characters that are supposed to be heroic. Some of the way, for example, we've touched touched on before, I like the James Bond films. Some of the way James Bond acts, particularly back in the day is very misogynistic, sexist, brutish, aggressive, violent, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, 
So, but it's, I think he's too much of a brute to be affectionate. And then he just changes on a dime. Mm. So one day he's just swimming with Enola. Mm. And I was like, well, what? It's like she wakes up and he's just suddenly decided to like this little girl. Mm. And I was like, well, what made that? And then she then loves him. So mm. then she's saying stuff to the bad guys, like, he'll come for me and stuff like that. And I was yeah. like, I don't, I don't see any reason why you'd think that he would. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he will. <laughs> like, it, like, why would he put himself at risk when he's a drifter who's just going from place to place? So there's there's exposition in the wrong places. So I really mm-hmm. like the concept. But, like, for example, we don't find out how Deacon knows about Enola. He just does know from what I can mm. see. We don't even know what smokers are. Obviously, it's it's clear from fairly early on that they're basically pirates. Mm. But we don't know what they are. So when they're coming and people are like, smokers, I'm like, mm. what? And what are they? So some so there's some good ideas in there, but I think it's they've they've gone with the sort of style over substance route. And I think it's a shame. Mm. Because I think there's a good idea in there, but I do think, like you say, unfortunately. There's a lot of inconsistencies, a lot of holes, a lot of weird decisions with character development, particularly around the Mariner. And uh, and also, it's it's the same director as Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves and Kevin Costner, and they didn't use a Brian Adams song. So I think that's an issue as well. Okay, so this is we're going to move on to talk about the critical reception now, but this is so difficult. So when you pick this, you hadn't mm. seen it again. Mm-hmm. So it's... So you picked it because it's underrated. So before you pick, when you picked it, had you looked at the scores? Yes. And right. I thought, oh, that, looks, that sounds pretty underrated, considering I, I how think, much I feel I like think, I enjoyed it. I think, what would I give it? Oh, it's probably a four out of ten. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. When I'm thinking about what you thought when you picked it, probably, mm. probably a five or something like that, quite mm-hmm. middling, maybe less. I would probably say it's a four or something like that. It wasn't great. There was a few redeeming features, but it wasn't enough to save it from the the massive inconsistencies in terms of script, who it's for, execution in general, that sort of stuff. So I probably am going to go out on a limb before you've even said the critical section and say we won't say this is underrated, but let's let's Mm -hmm. hear it. Let's hear it. So at the time of recording over on IMDb, it gets 6.3 out of 10. And then over on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it 45% and then the audience give it 43%. Um, And the critics' consensus, and I I jotted this down because I just agreed with it fully, is uh, though it suffered from toxic buzz at the time of its release, (laughs) Waterworld is ultimately an ambitious misfire, an extravagant sci-fi flick with some decent moments and a lot of silly ones. Uh, I think I, I think I'd be inclined to agree with that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty fair. Um, that's, that's about so, an average of five out of ten, isn't it, roughly? Yeah. So, unfortunately, Ooh. I don't. I don't actually think it's underrated. Oh, that's so and I rare. Think I was wrong. I think I was wrong in, in this instance. But I don't think you were wrong to pick it because that nostalgia obviously carried something for you, and you clearly enjoyed it at some point. Oh, for sure. And I'm so glad I watched it again. Like, yeah. so glad. Like, I had to know. Oh, You know, I always want to know, why do people hate this thing? Why are people yeah. saying bad things about it? I made myself read Fifty Shades of Grey because I had to know <laughs> why people... So, you know, you had some people saying it was amazing, other people saying it was terrible. So I had to form my own opinion. So I read it and it was absolute trash. And then, so with this, I was like, I just needed to know. Yeah. So I'm glad yeah. I watched it. But no, I don't think that's underrated. It's probably about appropriately rated. That 6.3 on IMDb is pretty generous. Hi. 
nice when you yeah, think, it's hot, yeah. when you think that something like Natural Born Killers got like forty seven from the critics, uh, and on that's Rotten the Tomatoes mad thing, isn't it? Some of the yeah. ones we've done when you're getting into your low percentages, like mm. Van Helsing. You know, Van Helsing's better. Than sure, this. you know what I mean. <laughs> like, like, um, so I would say, yeah, it's it is appropriately rated, but not mm. underrated. No, same. Sad. Sorry, Pav. Okay, there we go. Another one in the bag. And the rare, not underrated category. Mm. There's not many in that vault. Uh, no. I think it's in there with not with All Dogs Go to Heaven. and Yeah. Pro- There's definitely one or two I've picked. But mm. I just can't think of them off the top of my head because we've done a lot of episodes, haven't we? We have now, um, haven't we? We will be back next week with another film. Hopefully this time we might be a little bit more successful than picking something that's underrated or underseen. (laughs) Or who knows, it might be a classic or it might be a list of suggestion. We like to keep you on your toes. We like to keep you guessing. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us at filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you search for Just Films and That on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, give us a follow, get in touch, suggest films. We're always happy to hear from you and we're always happy to, you know, engage with you guys out there and, and, and all that sort of stuff. We're on Patreon as well. So if you would like... Uh, bonus content, extended episodes, episodes a day early, then head on over to Patreon and search for us there. And there's plenty of tiers if you want to support us. Any support is massively appreciated. The link to it is also in the episode description. We're on the television as well, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Every Friday evening from 6pm, you can find me and Josh talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the north east of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. I'm also uploading all the videos to Daily Motion. So if you head on over there and type in Just Films and that, you'll find us. But on the telly, that's every Friday from 6pm. Yes, lots of ways to see us, hear us, contact us, engage with us, all that sort of stuff. But as ever, your support means a lot. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.